0: This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to the Creepy Cannabis Podcast, where we chat all things creepy,
0: cannabis, true crime, paranormal, and weird. I'm Madeline. I'm Rachel. I'm already giggling my ass off, (laughs) and I have not partooketh of a single poof. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Proceed. What will you be poofing today?
1: So, this strain is called Purple Punch.
0: Ooh, let me smell it.
1: It is um, an indica-dominant hybrid- crossed with larry og
0: oh larry larry What's up, larry
1: Larry og and granddaddy perp <laughs> which is a good one
0: i don't know why granddaddy perp makes me laugh every day it smells like a cleaner to me
1: yeah it's so it says it's like an earthy blueberry and grape aroma with like obviously a very herbaly overtone and it says it has a sweet vanilla blueberry taste with a slightly sour grape candy finish
0: you know what it smells exactly like hmm. pine sol. Mm. it I'm smells sorry. like a little bit of a sweeter pine sol. yeah that's just my vibe
1: i smell the blueberry
0: mm. great i think i'm just stuck on the pines all but i did smell like a fruity uh, note sometimes if you
1: you have to like breathe it in and then breathe out your mouth because then it hits your your taste buds oh
0: i'm sorry i didn't realize this bougie bitch I'm was sorry. here to educate us <laughs>
1: Um, what's it called for wine? Sommelier.
0: Oh, yes. oh, oh, she just dropped some fucking...
1: A weed sommelier.
0: What's the word I'm trying to say? I can't even make words. I do when they're like fucking snorkel. Uh,
1: words are hard.
0: Words are so hard. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. What are the benefits of this particular combination? So
1: they say... Oh, okay, uh, are you...
0: Okay. You know what? Maybe you should calm down.
1: They say it's good for <laughs> treating insomnia, chronic stress, nausea, chronic pain, and depression.
0: Well, let me tell you something. This week, your girl, me, I'm the girl. I was like, That's I funny. need something. Well, first of all, this all started when I had a migraine, and I text Maddie with my migraine, and I was like, Hail hey, yeah. I need help from a migraine. And she gets up at the ass crack of dawn and just, like, knocks on my bedroom door and just hands me a pre <laughs> joint and a grinder full of replacement. And I was, like, bless, because I felt, like, so shitty. And my therapist has been trying to get me on medical cannabis for a fucking mean-ass minute. So yeah. I was, like, all right, it's time. So. It's time. Maddie got me. This is supposed to be sleepy time, okay? This is supposed to be for sleepy time. Mm-hmm. It's called... Hold on, I can do this. This is not my normal spiel, so I'm very uncomfortable. It's Sunset Shortcake and Grassroots. (laughs) Is that right? (coughs) No?
1: Grassroots is the company.
0: Just kidding. It's Sunset Shortcake. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I just put her into a fit of laughter. Look, <laughs> so, she had to come in here and show me how to fill this fucking <laughs> little paper, too. I was like, how does one make joints? Yes, grassroots, is the, <laughs>
1: grassroots is the vendor.
0: Well, listen, I'm not going to do one of those fancy things that Maddie does, but I'm going to tell you what this particular thing did for me mm-hmm. and for Sean and for our marriage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what had happened was... We smoked a couple hits, and neither one of us like Sean doesn't really smoke at all. He's a drinker, no. well, he's a fucking drinker, but he does not smoke like that because he's always drunk, and you know it's mm-hmm. a, it's a rough combination. But we did, and then we were like, you know what we should do? We should smash. Mm-hmm. That's sex for the young kids. So I was like, all right, and let me tell you something. It could have been two minutes or two hours. I don't fucking know. I don't care. It was glorious. Really it was the best sex of my life. I was like, oh my god. And then we were like, you know what else we should do? get snacks so then we <laughs> proceeded to get an entire container of cinnamon cheerios yeah. and i am just scooping them yeah
1: dry with
0: my hand dry. into my mouth hole and then we started laughing because he'd be like give me some and i would have it sounded like a huge handful but then i would sprinkle like three oreos in his, or uh, cheerios in his hand he was like i don't understand the science and i was like oh no i'm not giving you all of them i'm giving you a few <laughs> And then he was like, these are fucking stale and disgusting. And I was like, shut your mouth. They're delicious. Correct. So then.
1: I know. She texted me and said, I ate a whole. Actually, you said, I hate a whole jar of pickles (laughs) and essentially an entire box of sale Cheerios. So
0: we only smoked half of it. And then we were like, we should finish this because like we're vibing right now. We're having good hookups right now. Like we should do it. Yeah. Listen, I've been married, I don't know how long, like 12 years. We've been together like 15 or 16 years. I don't know. Something ridiculous. (laughs) Here's the facts. Sex isn't the first priority. No. It's just not. It's just not. This night, we hit it round two. And I was like, you know what we should do? We should smash again. And he was like, we're going to have to do it fast because my legs and arms are melting into the bed. (laughs) So he was like, I'm going to try my best (laughs) and he was like okay Okay. it took us like 20 minutes to navigate entry but no one panicked we made it (laughs) and then after was when I was like man I'm still hungry and he was like I can't fucking help you like it took every ounce of my energy (coughs) to hook up so that's when I went down and got the pickles and ate the entire jar of pickles yeah and um it was glorious and then I proceeded to have the best sleep of my life Mm -hmm. and I'm just saying that I don't understand why I didn't start this sooner yeah So I know that was a very long explanation, but I needed you to understand how important it is
1: Mm -hmm. to consider medical
0: cannabis.
1: Cannabis can change your life. It changes my (laughs) night, that's for sure. (laughs) Okay,
0: proceed. We are going to talk about the Zodiac Killer because I'm sure most of you know by now that allegedly there have been some comments made that there has been an identification which we'll get to at the very end instead we're gonna start with the murders and I'll be honest like I kind of just went boom 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 murders and then we'll talk a little bit about speculation from authorities and speculation from people as to who they think that the zodiac is or was and then we'll talk about that most recent report and where that leads everything When I tell you that I just rolled the tiniest joint you've ever seen. It is not even the width of my microphone. It doesn't
1: even. Yeah, I know.
0: Top. Like, I'm going to put a picture on Instagram because you all need to know. So (laughs) let me just light this little tiny, teeny, tiny baby thing. So small. I'm literally going to burn my nose trying to light it. So. We're going to start with the Lake Herman Road Murders. Um, I have them all, like, labeled by their location. And that was the murder of David Arthur Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen. Um, So these are the first murders that are widely attributed to the Zodiac Killer. They were high school students. um, And on December 20th, 1968, on Lake Herman Road, just inside mm, Benicia City Limits. Benicia? Benicia. B-E-N-I-C-I-A. Someone let me know. Um, the couple were on their first date and planned to attend a Christmas concert at <clears throat> Hogan High School, which was about three blocks from Betty Lou's house. Um, but instead, they were like, let's go to our friend's house. And then they went to a local restaurant. And then they went out to uh, Lover's Lane at about 10, 15 p.m. What was it like to have a Lover's Lane? Oh, I want to get taken to know. a Lover's Lane. <clears throat> I want to get picked up in a vehicle taken to some scenic place and made out with for three hours mm-hmm. while they try to like slap a titty over the shirt until you get murdered i mean at this point <coughs> i'd be like oh yes finally
1: <coughs> the poor killer would be like you know what please kill me
0: you have other problems <laughs> i can't handle this
1: you know what i can't be the one to do this for you
0: <clears throat> so they were driving in david's mother's rambler and they were in let's like this little turnout section Um, That was actually, like, a local Lover's Lane. Um, Their bodies were found just after 11 p.m. So this Mm -hmm. all happened within 45 minutes. And they were found by a woman named Stella Borges, who lived close by. Um, The Solano County Sheriff's Department investigated, but they couldn't find any leads. Um, Utilizing some advanced forensic data for 1968... Which, I mean, look at where we are now. What we even was that? We shit. Oh, wow. We can't get into that. I'll get off topic. Um, Robert Graysmith postulated. Is that like when, is postulated like when you, like a, not a theory. Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. Okay. He postulated that another car pulled into the little turnout just prior to 11 p.m. and then parked beside them. And that possibly the killer exited the second car and walked towards their car, possibly ordering the couple to get out of the car. I think they Mm. were basing this based on how their bodies were found. Mm. Um, It appeared that Betty Lou had gotten out first, but when David was only halfway out of the car, the killer shot him in the head. And then shot Betty Lou five times in the back as she was, like, running away. Her body was found, like, a full 28 feet from the car. And then the killer left. So that's all they have that's the whole they're like yep that's what happened please hold let me try to light this baby one more time it's really hard because it's so short I feel like I need tweezers yeah
1: (laughs) I laughed and my nose air blew out the flame you can just light it for a second before you inhale listen and then bring it up and inhale Mm -hmm. Mm. there you go
0: thanks mom listen there you go she's got me guys she's got me <laughs> okay anyway so next we had the blue rock springs murder so this one was just before midnight on july 4th 1969 <clears throat> and um it involved darlene farron and michael i don't know if it's mcgu i'm gonna say mcgu that's <laughs> how it feels it's m-a-g-e-a-u McGow? I mean, yeah michael McGow? i'm mm-hmm. sorry i did my best Um, they drove into Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo, four miles from the Lake Harmon Road murder site, and they parked, um, and they were in Darlene's car, and while they were there, a second car drove into the lot and parked next to them, but just left right away, and they were like, cool, um, and then, like, ten minutes later, the car came back, but parked behind them this time, and the driver immediately got out, and, Approached the passenger side door of her car, um, and he had a flashlight and a nine millimeter. He directed the flashlight like right into their eyes so they couldn't see anything, and then he shot five times into the car, hitting both of them. Um, Actually, several of the bullets had passed through Michael's body and then hit Darlene, so they went all the way through.
1: Like, can you not?
0: And then the killer just walked away, but then he heard Michael moaning. So, he returned and shot each of them two more times before he left. mm mm-hmm. And then on jo- July 5th at 1240 a.m., so, like, that same night, um, a man called the Vallejo Police Department to report and claim responsibility for this attack. He took credit for the murders of Betty Lou and David, which that had happened about six and a half months before um, that first murder. And the police traced the call back to a phone booth at a gas station. <clears throat> um, at, it was on Springs Road in Tulum. Um, so it wasn't even a full mile, mile from Darlene's house and only a few blocks from the police station that he called from. Um, unfortunately, Darlene was pronounced dead at the hospital. But Michael actually survived, even though he was shot in the face, neck and chest. And survived and like had the wherewithal to describe. That's crazy. The attacker. I know. I always hear that shit and I'm like, I can barely survive a fucking cold. Yeah, no. Like I'm not going to survive being shot in the face. I would not. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> He described the attacker at the time as being somewhere between 26 and 30 years old and about 200 pounds, maybe even more, and about 5 foot 8 that he was white male with short brown curly hair. Light brown. I'm sorry. Curly hair. So after this attack is when the first letters from the Zodiac came in. I'm going to read this letter, but I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty sure it was deliberate that there were so many misspellings because of the cipher or whatever, but it, I, sometimes I don't even know what I'm reading when I'm reading these. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he said, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill something gives me the most thrilling experience it is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl the best part of it is they when I die I will be reborn in paradise and all the I have killed will become my slaves I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or atop my collectoring of slaves for my afterlife <clears throat> indiscernible word starting with an e that's like 15 letters okay and i'm over here like how is this unsolved is this guy an idiot or a genius like what's happening what is this (laughs) unclear and i'm like could you just next time maybe leave a code that like i don't know fucking is spelled correctly
1: i mean that would be nice
0: what was the other story i don't think we've ever covered it but when we listened to april tinsley or townsley Mm -hmm. that little girl that was murdered and there was like another letter and i'm like what are you even
1: literate yeah that guy was fucking stupid though
0: Yeah, I think this guy's, like, probably overly intelligent, but... Okay. Um, on August 1st, 1969, three letters prepared by the killer were received at the Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the San Francisco Examiner. They were nearly identical, um, and they... A psychiatrist described them to have been written by someone who you would expect to be brooding and isolated. Um... In the letters, this person took credit for the shootings at Lake Harmon Road and Blue Rock Springs. Each letter also included one-third of a 408-symbol cryptogram, which the killer claimed contained his identity. The killer demanded they be printed on each paper's front page, or he would cruise around all weekend, killing lone people in the night, then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend.
1: Okay, well.
0: So do what I say or like the little bitch boy that I am I'm gonna run around and cry about it via murder fine um the chronicle published its third sorry it's it's third like their section um not like the number three of the cryptogram on pages four I'm sorry I can't make words, words they published friends. it on page four <laughs> I see. of the, the paper the next day <laughs> um there was an article printed alongside the code that quoted the vallejo police chief jack e Stilts as saying we're not satisfied that the letter was written by the murderer and requested the writer send a second letter with more facts to prove his identity the threatened murders did not happen and all three parts were eventually published but he clearly didn't do what he said because one was published and it certainly wasn't on the front page they were like no bitch you can have page four The front page is prime real estate. You did
1: not get page one, but thank you.
0: Okay. Sorry, I just smacked my lips, and I know it's going to sound so annoying when I hear it in the car. Okay. On August 7th, 1969. Ooh, my throat's drying out. Please hold. On August 7th, 1969, another letter was received at the San Francisco Examiner, and it had a salutation that said, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking, and this was the first time the killer had used his name for identification. Whatever, that's not an identification. Whatever. The letter was a response to Chief Stilt's request for more details that would prove he had killed Faraday, Jensen, and Barron. In it, the Zodiac... Included details about the murders that had not yet been released to the public, as well as a message to the police that when they cracked his code, they will have me. And then the next day, August 8th, 1969, Donald and Betty Hardin of Salinas, California, cracked the 408 symbol cryptogram. <clears throat> it contained misspelled message in which the killer seemed to reference the most dangerous game. And the author also said that he was collecting slaves for his afterlife. No name appears in the Dakota text, and the killer said he would not give away his identity because it would slow down or stop his slave collection. So, I didn't know this before researching this case. I'll be honest, there's a lot I don't know about cases before I actually research. I always thought there was just one code for him. I didn't realize um, that he has multiple codes and multiple ciphers based on the letters. So, Mm -hmm. That's why I was super confused when they said that, um, which we'll talk about, you know, more later. But when they said that this person they identified had helped crack one of the codes, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shit. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, there are multiple, but they cracked this initial 408 symbol cryptogram. Um, And then that's kind of where everything was. They still don't have anyone. And then we move on to the Lake Berryessa murder. I am so dry and I'm so sorry. Um, On September 27th, 1969, Pacific Union College students Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were picnicking at Lake Berryessa. Um, It was like on a small island that was connected um, to a place called Twin Oaks Ridge. Like I think it had like a sandbar or like a little sandy way to get out there. It was reported that a white man about 5 foot 11 weighing more than 170 pounds approached them wearing a black executioner's type hood with no. clip on sunglasses over the eye holes and a bib like thing on his chest uh, that had white three by three inch cross cir- had a white cross circle symbol on it, which later went on to be the Zodiac symbol. <clears throat> he approached them with a gun, which Brian thought was a 45. Um, the hooded man claimed to be an escaped convict from jail uh, with some two-word name that he couldn't remember. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Huh? coughs> Have you ever gotten so dry, like you can't, like every word you speak sucks more and more out your throat?
1: That's facts.
0: God, I'm be trying to lay that damn baby mm-hmm. bone. Okay, sorry, so sorry.
1: Um, it's called cotton mouth.
0: Mm-hmm, I got it bad. Um so anyway yes he thought the gun was a 45 the guy in the hood um who claimed to be the escaped convict um it looks like later they like determined he was talking about a specific jail called deer lodge in montana where he had killed a guard and subsequently stolen a car and he explained to them that now he needed their car and money to go to mexico because the vehicle he was driving was too hot sorry i slammed the desk in a rager I think he meant hot like people are looking for it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Too hot. The killer, um, had brought pre-cut lengths of plastic clothesline and told Cecilia to tie up Brian before he tied her up. Um, unfortunately he did check and tighten Brian's, um, binding because he discovered that Cecilia did not do it very tight because she was like, fuck it, let me try. Hmm. Um, Brian honestly thought that it was just a really weird robbery but then he drew a knife out of nowhere and just stabbed both of them repeatedly uh, like as he's having this thought so Brian was stabbed six times and Cecilia was stabbed ten times Um, and then the killer hiked 500 yards back up to this road called Knoxville Road and he drew the cross circle symbol on um, Brian's car door with a black felt tip pen and he wrote on it Vallejo, 12, 20, 68, 7, 4, sept, like, September, 27, 69, 630 by knife. So, that's okay. horrifying.
1: Okay. Alright.
0: I really don't want to be fucking I don't like that killed. level of
1: detail, because <laughs> that means there needed to be, there were so many different scenarios that it needed to be subcategorized.
0: Yeah, I'm like, that's just a lot for me to, like, retain... <laughs> On a Saturday night. Oy, um. So then, at seven forty, God, I cannot make words. My cat scratching at the door. I mean, I'm probably screaming. already a little high from my half a poof. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Um. At seven forty p.m., the killer called the Napa County Sheriff's Office uh, from a payphone to report the crime. He stated that he wished to report a murder, no, a double murder, okay. before stating that he had been the perpetrator of said crime they found the phone off the hook a few minutes later um at the napa car watch on main street in napa by kivan radio reporter pat stanley um which again was also only a few blocks from the sheriff's office but it was 27 miles from the crime scene um which is fucking weird That is it's weird so the detectives were able to get like a wet palm print Ew. but they never matched it to anything
1: wet fucking palm shocker print. I know.
0: I'm like, with blood? Ew. Um, I'm such a child. So, thankfully, a guy and a son who were fishing nearby the crime scene heard them screaming for help because they're still alive um, and contacted the park rangers to help them. The Napa County Sheriff's Deputies, Dave Collins and Ray Land, were the first law enforcement officers to arrive on the scene um cecilia was conscious when they arrived and gave a detailed description um and then brian and cecilia were both taken to queen of the valley hospital in napa unfortunately in like on the way cecilia lapsed into a coma and never regained consciousness and she died two days later um, but brian did survive and was able to give a statement um and then Napa County Detective Ken Narlo, who was assigned to the case from the beginning, worked on solving the crime um, until he retired in 1987, so forever. And so they still have nothing, so one to the next murder, which is the Presidio Heights murder, um, which is in San Francisco in 1969. Um, so October 11th, which it's October 9th today, so that's Aww. weird. Um, October 11th, 1969, a white male passenger got into a cab that was driven by a man named Paul Stein. Um, this was at the intersection of Mason and Geary streets, one block West from union square in San Francisco. And he requested to be driven to Washington and Maple street, um, in Presidio Heights. Um, for whatever reason, obviously no one knows because they weren't there. The cab driver drove one block past Maple to Cherry street and then at that time, the passenger shot him in the head with a 9 millimeter handgun, took his wallet and car keys, and then ripped away a section of his um, shirt. Um, three teenagers across the street around 9.55pm called the police as it was in progress. So they Ooh. saw it happening. Um, they watched him wipe down the cab before walking away um, one block north, two blocks from the uh, and then two blocks from the crime scene, patrol officers Don Falk and Eric Zelms were responding to the call and they saw a white man walking on the sidewalk um, going east on Jackson Street and stepping like onto the stairway leading to the front yard of um, the section of homes. Um, they said it was only like 10 seconds. They just saw him and he looked suspicious and they noticed it. Um, one of the cops estimated the... That he was a white male, thirty-five to forty-five years old, about five ten, with a crew cut, um, which by happenstance, the description provided by the teenagers to the operator was um, twenty-five to thirty years old with a crew cut, being about five foot eight to five foot nine. So a very similar description. However the police radio dispatcher told the officers that the suspect was black. So they gave the same description, but said he was black. So when they drove past the, that suspicious looking guy, they didn't stop because they were like, well, it definitely isn't him. Cause he's for sure white. Um, so it's wow. just talking about how important it is that people just like pay attention. Like you, how can you have a job like that? You have to be like on another level of just yeah. clarity. It's so important because the stuff like that happens all the time. And, I mean, they need more training. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. Everyone in life needs more training. Mm-hmm. So that was the last officially confirmed murder by the Zodiac that they were like, yes, for sure. Um, the the murder of the cab driver actually was initially thought to be a routine robbery that escalated to homicide. But on October 13th, the San Francisco Chronicle did get another letter from the Zodiac that claimed credit for killing. Um, stein and then also had a torn section of his bloody shirt to prove that he was the zodiac um the three teenagers worked on composite sketches of the killer um and detectives bill armstrong and dave toshi were assigned to the case at that point um i think over the course of the case they actually investigated like 2500 people wow. thus far um so that's nuts then next, um, a, a letter was received. They don't make any freaking sense. Um, I hope you were having lots of fan and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show. Which bringo up a point about me. know I, am... <laughs> I am not. Wait a second, y'all. I'm just realizing something. I accidentally deleted a section of my notes. Well. All it said, it was a little bit longer, but all it was talking about was how um, there was a person who had called in and got everybody hyped up saying he was a Zodiac, and he said that he wouldn't give his identity because he didn't want to go to the gas chamber, and it was later determined it was um, a mental health patient in a hospital, Mm. and not the Zodiac. So then, the Zodiac wrote a letter in response. So I'm sorry I messed up my notes, but that's all that happened. Um, and at that time, he said, I hope you were having lots of fan and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which Bringo up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because you now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise so they are afraid of death i am not afraid because i know that my new life is life will be an easy one in paradise death so what my takeaway is is that he's not afraid of the gas chamber so that wasn't him
1: yeah i guess he's not afraid i was like okay i'm
0: tired of this grandpa yes So, then we're kind of going through some various letters. So, on October 14th, 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac. This time, it contained a swatch of Paul's, uh, Paul Stein's shirt tail as proof he was the killer. And it also included a threat about killing school children on a school bus. Mm -hmm. Um, He wrote, just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. Um and then it, mm-hmm, it's horrifying. Um and then at two PM on October twentieth, nineteen sixty-nine, someone claiming to be the Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department demanding that okay, here's the thing. I don't know how I did this, y'all. I don't know how I did it. But I'm just realizing I didn't delete the section. It like shifted it down here. So I was about to tell you about the caller who called the police station and then had everybody up in arms. So, I apologize. Moving on.
1: Moving forward. I'm sorry
0: I'm not a better person. (laughs) Okay. Then, after all that foolishness, on November 8th, 1969, the Zodiac mailed a card with another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters. Um, This cipher was dubbed Z340, and it remained unsolved for over 51 years, Um, Until it was deciphered on December 5th, 2020 um, by an international team of private citizens, including an American software engineer named David Orinchak, an Australian mathematician named Sam Blake, and a Belgian programmer named Jarl Van Eyck. Um, And in the decrypted message, the Zodiac denied being the Sam who spoke on the San Francisco um, radio, explaining that he was not afraid of the gas chamber. Because it will send him to paradise all the sooner. Don't judge me. But it's like, okay, the team submitted their findings to the FBI, which verified the discovery. Um, It sounds like what we already knew. So, like, what did you decode? Am I I just, like, overthinking it? Because everything they said was basically to decode it, they just spelled the words right. I'm dead. 51 (laughs) years later. I'm absolutely deceased. (laughs) That's... What I'm interpreting, and I just need to know if we're on the same level. (laughs) It took 51 years for an elite group of intelligent men to
1: decipher.
0: Everything's fine. It took him 51 years to (laughs) spell. I am. It's fine. Okay. I
1: mean, that should be the takeaway if it's not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is like the TikTok where they're like, 110 pounds. (laughs) What? Have you ever seen that? Wait. Oh, my God. There's a TikTok and it's a girl singing a song. It's not a real song, but it's like talking about what astronauts sent the first woman to space. And she was like, and they said, 110 (laughs) pounds. That be enough <laughs> for six days? <laughs> we have for to look six it. days? It is the funniest TikTok. Yes. It'll oh my be like, God.
1: That's an exorbitant <laughs> amount of days. And like,
0: the chorus is like 100 tampons <laughs> over and over again. Oh my God. Sorry. My two hits are kicking in right now. You I might need, need 12. <laughs> but I just like the fucking. They literally said the deciphered code is just. It's spelled correctly. Okay. I mean, so, if it takes on. a
1: long time, it takes a long time, I guess.
0: <laughs> to November 9th, 1969, who? <laughs> when the Zodiac mailed a seven-page letter stating that two policemen stopped and actually spoke with him three minutes after he shot Stein, and excerpts from the letter were published in the Chronicle on November 12th, including the Zodiac's claim that same day that Officer Don Falk wrote a memo explaining that he... Um. sorry, he wanted to give his account of what happened on Stein's murder because he was the cop that drove past him and now the Zodiac is like, yeah, mm-hmm. but you drove past me. It was me. <clears throat> T'was I. Um. So he explained his half and then on December 20th, 1969, exactly one year after the murders of David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, the Zodiac mailed a letter to um, include another swatch of Stein's shirt and he said that he wanted um, who, this person he mailed it to to help him. He's like, I want your help. Here's this piece of shirt. So... Okay. Listen. Then we're getting into the fact that there's, like, a lot of public public speculation. A lot of people have come forward thinking they know who the Zodiac is, yada, yada, yada. So we're going to talk about that because, as you can see from the previous notes, he just went on killing people. Kind of did the same thing, kind of switched it up, and nobody knew jack shit the entire time. Wow. So that's really all there is to know about that. Um, So various authors speculated that at the time of the killings, um, that other murders and attacks could have been the work of the Zodiac, but none of these following murders have been confirmed. Um, But we're just going to kind of touch on a few of those as to um, the possibility that they could have been zodiac cases some of them i read them and i'm like oh that tracks and then it later tracks with some of the suspects that came forward which Mm -hmm. i think is cool um so first we have robert george domingos who was 18 and linda faye edwards who was 17 they were shot and killed years before on june 4th 1963 um and they were on a beach um, there was some specific similarities between their attacks and the Zodiac's attack at the Lake uh, Berryessa, which happened five years later. Hmm. Um, that's really as far as they ever got. There's no way to definitively link him because he didn't claim it, but they—it was a nearly identical. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we have Cherry Joe Bates, who was 18. Um, she was actually stabbed to death and almost decapitated on October 30th, 1966. This one gets brought up a lot. So, this was at it's the Riverside. It's Hollows All Eve. Eve Eve. Yes. And it's terrifying. That's terrifying. Like, I do think it would be extra unnecessary to be murdered around Halloween.
1: I would also find that like, unnecessary. make
0: different choices. Um, <laughs> so this was at Riverside City College in Riverside. Um cherry's possible connection to the zodiac only appeared four years after her murder when san francisco chronicle reporter paul avery received a tip regarding similarities between the zodiac killings and the circumstances of her death hmm. um so it took years for that to come up as a possibility um then we had a woman named donna ann lass who was 25 years old i don't think that this had any involvement with the zodiac for, just in my opinion this mm-hmm. I don't get this vibe. Um, she was last seen September 6th, 1970 in Stateline, Nevada. Um, and then there's a postcard that had an advertisement for Forest Pines condominiums, um, at Lake Tahoe. And it was posted on, uh, on the back at, um, words. I'm really struggling today. It was sent to the Chronicle on March 22nd, 1971. Um, and then no evidence was uncovered to connect her disappearance with the Zodiac Killer. But I guess people were like, well, it's unsolved, so it could be. But she was abducted. Like, her body was never found. And that doesn't seem like his style to me. Yeah. Um. Then, this one I'm on the fence about. I'm thinking maybe, thinking maybe not. Um, <clears throat> this is Kathleen Jones, who was 22 years old. Um, she was... I don't like how it says allegedly. Like, if somebody fucking tells you they were abducted... It, They were abducted. So she was abducted on March 22nd, 1970 on Highway 132 near Mm -hmm. I-580 in the area which was like west of Modesto. Um, It looks like she escaped from the car of a man who drove her and her infant daughter around the area for about one and a half hours. So we'll get a little bit more into her report. So she said on the night of March 22nd, 1970, she was driving from San Bern, uh, Bernardino to Petaluma to visit her mom. This bitch was seven months pregnant and had a 10-month-old daughter with her. Okay. And I just want to know what was in her coolie because I'm going to take a sip. Yeah. Um, while she was going west on Highway 132 near Modesto, um, the car behind her was, like, honking its horn and flashing its lights, and this was before Urban <clears> Legends, <throat> so she was like, oh, let me pull over. No! Yeah, she did. Um, and then the man that was in the car behind her came up and was like, hey, your right rear wheel is wobbling. He's like, I can tighten the lug nuts for you. I just didn't want you to get hurt. And he works on her car and that's that. And then he drives off. And then Kathleen goes to pull forward to get back on the highway. And her wheel just like basically almost comes off. So he obviously didn't tighten them.
1: Probably took all of them instead.
0: Correct. Um, so he came back and was like, hey, I can drive you to the nearest gas station. And because he had been helpful and he had helped her, she was like, okay, yeah, let's go. So her and her kid hop one in the car. Um, I mean, I've
1: never heard of someone more dumb, but, you know, I just... <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. Listen. It was a different time, I guess.
0: Listen. Correct. Um. I, I don't know, though, because I've always been super sus. Like, I was super sus as a kid. I was very weird i would never drink as a teenager because i was like no i'm not gonna get fucking nabbed or raped and murdered like i need to be aware not by the way not in any way saying that if you have fun as a child or go to parties with that you deserve that or that's gonna happen i did to you. not make those same choices <clears throat> i just mean that i chose to be hyper alert even as a kid so like yeah. i can't imagine people that are just like this feels fine
1: Mm-mm.
0: but whatever um,
1: I literally wouldn't trust someone if it was like A little four year old girl scout On the side of the road and correct. She was like I just need your help I'd be like I'm calling for
0: help Bye. <laughs> I straight up Like you can't even trust a child anymore no. Like, no
1: because who's in the bush behind her
0: Yes somebody trying to prey on somebody weak like yeah, me absolutely Who not. Like, will always stop for a child absolutely not. Now you know how to murder me mm. Use a child I'll call Definitely the police as I'm kitten. driving
1: away And I will see them in the rearview mirror If a
0: bitch put a kitten in the street my ass would stop That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. I would would stop for a dog. No. I'd be like, eh. Depends. A cat, though? I'm all over it. Okay. (laughs) So, during this car ride, they started going past multiple service stations, and he just didn't stop for, like, an hour and a half, and just kept going back and forth. Was she
1: just sitting there in silence like, oh, you know, he'll probably just you she know, he'll get us there.
0: would apparently they, they talked because she would ask him why he wasn't stopping and he would just change the subject. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I guess, it doesn't really clarify, but my assumption would be you're like, you're evaluating your options. Because like, he hasn't she... tried to hurt her yet. He's just driving and talking. Um, but apparently um, at one point he stopped at an intersection and she just grabbed her daughter and jumped out and ran into a field. Um, and was like, fuck it. And then he got out looking for her with a flashlight and telling her, like, I'm not going to hurt you, but eventually he couldn't find her, so he gave up and left, and then she hitched a ride with somebody else to go to the police station, because she didn't have no choice. He was in, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. In a car. So, she gave her statement to a sergeant on duty, um, and she happened to see the composite sketch of Paul Stein's killer, which is the one that we all recognize, um, that I posted on her Instagram. And she said, That's the guy who abducted me and my kid. And she was afraid that he might come back to kill everybody. So they had her wait in the dark in a nearby restaurant until they found her car. I don't fucking know what they were doing. Um, and her car was gutted and torched. So he went back for her car and like demolished it, which is weird to me because like, you know, she got away. So I don't know why you're so concerned about her car. Anger? I, don't, <clears throat> I guess. Um, there was a lot of different accounts of her statement and the situation. A lot of them said he threatened to kill her and her daughter while driving them around. But one says it, that he didn't. Um, sh- one of her accounts said that he left the car to look for her. In one report she gave to the police, she said he didn't leave the car. So there's just like a lot of weirdness around that situation that was never looked further into. Um, pardon. My phone is ringing. It's always my freaking mother. She can sense when I'm asleep or busy or working, and she's mm-hmm. like, "You know what? I gotta." call Let me Ryan. give her a call. Yeah,
1: let me I give her a little ring.
0: She leaves a voicemail every time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or she'll call my work, and I'll say it's an emergency. I'm at work, and she'll go, "Oh no!" So I was at the grocery store today, and I'm like, "Well, no, that I was saying, let me know because I got a dip." <laughs> like <I don't> Goodbye. <laughs> Listen, I love my mom. I call her all the time, but like, <laughs> sweets, calm down. Um, Okay, so we've gone over the confirmed killings. We've gone over a lot of possible other happenings. Um, Meanwhile, the Zodiac is continuing to communicate for a little while. Um, So he continued um, through the remainder of 1970. He did letters, greeting cards, things to the press. So he wrote, my name is blank followed by a 13-character cipher that has not yet been solved to this day. He went on to say that he wasn't responsible for a recent bombing of a police station in San Francisco, um, which was a reference to a February 18th uh, death of a Sergeant Brian McDowell um, two days after the bombing. Um, Sorry. What am I reading? I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay, 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 okay. Y'all, I'm never going to make fun of Maddie again, because mm-hmm. you'll be smoking I was going to say it, but out. I was waiting for you to say and it. And <laughs> I'm always making fun of her, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I literally can't make words or existence. So, I never um, want to hear it again. Correct. Um, so, he said that while he didn't do it, um, that there is more glory to killing a cop than a kid, because a cop can shoot back. Um, it included a diagram in this letter of a bomb that the Zodiac claimed that he would use to blow up a school bus. And at the bottom of the diagram, he wrote Zodiac killer symbol dot S V G equals 10 comma S F P D equals zero, which that sounds like I got 10 San Francisco police department got zero, Hmm. but I don't decipher codes. So we'll just move on. Um, he also sent greeting cards postmarked for April 28th, 1970, to the Chronicle. Written on the card was, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast in all caps, followed by the Zodiac's circle signature. And on the back of the card, he threatened to use the bus bomb soon unless the newspaper published the full details um, that he had written. And he also wanted to start seeing people wearing some nice Zodiac buttons. Hmm. This guy sounds like a fucking quack. Yeah um like, what the, like you couldn't come up with anything more creative than buttons whatever merch That's merch <laughs> he was like i want merch we're going to need the merch um so then in another letter postmarked for june 26, 1970 he stated that he was upset that he did not see people wearing zodiac buttons he wrote i shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38 um, he was possibly referring to the murder of twenty five year old sergeant Richard Raditich um, who had died one week earlier at five twenty five AM on June nineteenth. Um, the sergeant was riding a parking ticket in a squad car when an assailant um came up and shot him in the head with a thirty eight caliber pistol oh. through the driver's side window. Um, and then that officer did die fifteen hours later. Um the san francisco police department denies that the zodiac was involved and it remains unsolved but that one to me is like pretty clear-cut he was like i did this last week and they were like nah
1: you didn't (laughs) couldn't be you
0: but what do i know i mean it's always hard with these stories because they only release what they want to release and you are only going to know you know unless something leaks certain information so Mm -hmm. who knows um Included with that letter was a Phillips 66 roadmap of the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, And then on the image of Mount Diablo, the Zodiac had drawn his circle, um, like signature. And at the top of the circle, he put a zero and a three, six, and a nine. Um, And then it had instructions that stated that the zero was to be set to mag N. The letter also included a 32-letter cipher that the killer claimed would in conjunction with the code lead to the location of a bomb that he had um, buried and set to detonate in the fall. That cipher was never decoded and the bomb was never located and he signed the note with Zodiac Killer Symbol SVG-12-SFPD-0. I really just feel like in my heart he's saying an amount of murders or events that he's won to Mm. their zero. That's just what I've decided. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I always be coming on these episodes like I'm a fucking genius and I'm like, mm, like I this deduce. Is how it is. <laughs> I deduce. Well, sometimes people look so hard for clues and for things when it's really just like the most
1: Obvious. Yes.
0: It's like right in front of your face. And somebody randomly walking by will be like, Oh, if you put that two over there, you know, whatever. Um, that's me. I'm that genius, so <laughs> um, okay. Then there was a letter to the Chronicle that was postmarked for July twenty fourth, nineteen seventy. Um And in this one, the Zodiac did take credit for Kathleen John's abduction, um, where he abducted her and her daughter. Um, And this was about four months after that had happened. And then in a July 26 letter, two days later, um, he paraphrased a song from the Mikado, adding his own lyrics about making a little list of the ways in which he planned to torture his slaves in paradise. Um, it was signed with a large and exaggerated cross circle symbol um, with a new note at the bottom, which said Zodiac Killer symbol SVG equals 13 SFPD equals zero. Um, and then there was a, a note at the bottom and it said, P.S. The Mount Diablo code concerns radians plus inches along the radians. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Um In 1981, there was a close examination of the hint in in that code. Sorry, I'm shaking the desk. Um, But then a researcher named Gareth Penn um, led to a discovery that the angle placed over the map per the instructions when decoded pointed to the location um, of two of the attacks. So basically, he spent all this time writing this fucking letter with a bunch of codes just to be like, hey, I know you already know, but if you look at it like this, you can see where I killed those people. Thank you. Power hungry weirdo. Um, So weird. This case like really hurts my brain because there's just so many things and I'm just like, why? What do you want? Um, Chaos. mm -hmm. So then on October 7th, 1970, the Chronicle got a three by five inch card signed by the Zodiac with the symbol. And a small cross um, drawn in blood. The message was formed by pasting words and letters from an edition of the Chronicle, and then there were 13 holes punched across the card. Um, And two of the inspectors, Armstrong and Toshi, agreed that it was highly probable that the card had been sent by the Zodiac. Hmm. What a fancy way to be like, I don't know, but maybe. Possibly. (laughs) So... Then there was a letter addressed specifically um, to a Paul Avery, which I believe was with the Chronicle. I'll confirm it in a moment. Um, but this was um, October 27th, 1970. Um, yes, he was a Chronicle reporter named Paul Avery who had been covering the Zodiac case and he got this card signed with the letter Z um, and the crossed uh, circle symbol. Handwritten. Um, There's a handwritten card inside that said, peekaboo, you are doomed. And they took the threat super seriously. It was the subject of a front page story in the Chronicle. Um, And then very shortly after, Avery also received an anonymous letter alerting him to the similarities between the Zodiac's activities and the unsolved murder of Cherry Joe Bates. So this was four years later when he got this Halloween letter. letter, That's Mm -hmm. when he made that connection. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. And then he, Avery, went ahead and reported those findings to the Chronicle on November 16th. So then we're going to go back to Cherry Joe Bates, um, which we touched on earlier because now that he's getting this actual link, they were like, let's look a little bit further into this. So this was the murder that happened on October 30th, 1966. Um, She was 18 years old. She was a college student um, and she was in the library until it closed at 9 p.m. Um, Some neighbors reported that they heard a scream around ten thirty p.m and she was found dead the next morning just a little bit away from the library but she was between two like abandoned houses that were going to be demolished um and it looks like there were some wires from her volkswagen distributor cap that had been pulled out um which i don't know anything about cars i guess to stop her from driving away mm. um but it does look like she was brutally beaten and then stabbed to death And they did find a men's Timex watch with the wristband torn nearby. Um, It stopped at 1224, but they actually think the attack happened much earlier, closer to when the scream was heard at 1030. Um, And then a month later, on November 29th, 1966, some um, nearly identical typewritten letters were mailed to the Riverside Police and the Riverside um, Press Enterprise that were titled The Confession. Sorry, the window's open because it's nice out. Um, the author claimed responsibility for the Bates murder, providing details of the crime that were not released to the public. Um, he warned that Bates is not the first and she will not be the last. Um, and then in December 1966, a poem was discovered carved into the bottom side of a desktop in the college library. And it said, sick of living slash unwilling to die. Um, they did agree that the language and handwriting resembled the zodiac's letters and the initials look to be rh um and then during the 1970 investigation sherwood Morrill, who was a california top um questions documents examiner um said that his opinion is that that was written by the zodiac so that one's like the closest actual link it happened before it's possible he like, in my mind, I could see maybe he went to the school or maybe Mm -hmm. there was, like, a personal issue with this person and that led to whatever, because that's how it starts a lot of the time. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of, like, my guess on it. Yeah. Um, and then on April 30th, 1967, exactly six months after Bates' murder, her father, Joseph, um, the press enterprise and the Riverside Police Department all got nearly identical letters again in handwritten um, in handwriting. And then the press enterprise and police copies read, Bates had to die, there will be more, with a small scribble at the bottom that kind of looked like a Z. And then her dad, his copy said, she had to die, there will be more, um, but didn't have the Z signature. Um, But it looks like in August of 2021, so like literally just now, um, the Riverside Police Department Cold Case Unit announced that the author of the handwritten letters anonymously contacted investigators in 2016 and was identified by DNA in 2020, and he admitted that that last correspondence was a hoax, and he apologized. He said he had been a troubled teenager and wrote letters to get attention, and they confirmed that he did write these letters, and they weren't the Zodiac. So, specifically the letters, you know, about her being um, the, not the first, or not the last one, but mm. the other letter and poem, working for him to be or thought to be from the zodiac sorry i'm trying so hard to stay on course and i'm struggling but i'm trying really hard we had to pause because my mom called like thrice Mm -hmm. and i was like oh she must be dying then my brother called so i answered my brother's call thinking he was calling about my mom and he was calling about his cat then i had to hang up with him and then actually call my mom back and maddie can attest that like three times i was like i'm filming i gotta go and she was like oh okay So, for tomorrow, Mm -hmm. do you want to go shopping? And I'm like, motherfucker. (laughs) Bitch, no, I don't. Just kidding. I do want to go shopping. So, anyway, that had me all discombobulated Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. So, then, on March 13th, 1971, which was five months after another article linking the Zodiac to the Riverside murder, the Zodiac mailed a letter to the Los Angeles Times. In the letter, he credited the police instead of Avery, who Avery is the, um, journalist he sent the Halloween card to, for discovering his riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. So, this just further solidifies for me that he, like, he went there or worked there, is from there. Um, the connection between Cherry Joe Bates, um, and the Zodiac remains unclear. Nobody really knows, um. But Paul Avery and the Riverside Police Department continue to maintain that it was not committed by the Zodiac, but did concede that some of the um, Bates letters may have been his work to claim credit falsely, which I don't agree with because they're saying that the letters are his. He's up until this point never claimed anything that wasn't his and doesn't seem like he would. So... Then there was a Lake Tahoe card that was also addressed to Paul Avery. I don't know what his deal was with this guy, but whatever. On March twenty second, nineteen seventy one. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, they believed it to be from the Zodiac, and it appeared to claim responsibility for the disappearance of Donna Lass on September sixth, nineteen seventy. Um, it looked like it was made from a collage of advertisements and magazine lettering. Um. It had a scene from an advertised um, location called the Fi- uh, Forest Pine Condominiums and the Tech Sierra Club was noted. Um, and then it said Salt Victim 12 peek through the pines past Lake Tahoe areas and around in the snow. Um, the cross circle symbol was in the normal places, um, so it was credible that it could have been his. It looks like Donna was a nurse at the, um, Sahara Tahoe Hotel and Casino, and she worked until 2 a.m. on September 6th. The night she disappeared, her last patient was, like, one forty a.m. Later that same day, both her employer and her landlord received phone calls from an unknown male claiming that she had left town because of a family emergency, but she was never found. Um, there was what appeared to be a gravesite discovered, um, but hmm. no evidence- uncovered is definitively connecting donna's disappearance with the zodiac killer and her body wasn't found great so either maybe now he like is just starting to take credit for other things or he actually did these things and was just figuring i don't know it's weird so then we have the santa barbara county murders um in a vallejo times herald story appearing on november 13th 1972 Bill Baker of the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office postulated that the 1963 murders of um, a young couple in northern Santa Barbara County might have been the work of the Zodiac earlier on. Um, so on June 4th, 1963, high school senior that we talked about earlier, Robert Domingos and his fiancee, Linda Edwards, were shot dead on the beach near um, Lompoc. Um, they skipped school that day for Senior Ditch Day, and it makes me so freaking sad. Um The police believe that whoever killed them attempted to bind them, but they got free and attempted to leave. And um, that's why they were shot in the back um, and chest with a 22 caliber weapon. Um, And then their bodies were placed into a small shack. And then the person tried but was unsuccessful in burning it to the ground. Great. Which does link back to that car for Kathleen that they did attempt to burn to the ground. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I also feel like this is, like, the early 70s, late 60s, like, when serial killer shit is poppin'. So who even knows? Like, there's probably so many more so intertwined. Many. Um, so then we're gonna get to the last ever Zodiac letter. So after the Lake Tahoe card, the Zodiac was silent for almost three years. And they then they received a letter that was dated January 29th, 1974. And it praised the movie The Exorcist as the best satirical comedy that I've ever seen. Not a comedy. It's fucking terrifying. Um, The letter included a small part of a verse from the Mikado and an unusual symbol at the bottom um, that's remained unexplained. And then the letter was concluded with me equals thirty seven, SFPD equals zero. I'm I still it's believe definitely
1: it's like a, I win thirty seven times and they have gotten me
0: zero times. Correct. I'm like maybe San this is Francisco Police
1: Department. They're um, like obviously. he's like
0: y'all are dumbasses. Literally. Just kidding. I'm sure they're doing their best. Um, mm. so this was the last known and confirmed correspondence. But everybody's been fascinated with this case since the beginning of time and i think people are mostly really uncomfortable with unsolved cases because it kind of makes killers seem like supernatural like you can't get a beat on who they are oh my god do you hear the cat crying yep. this episode's a fucking disaster um so even though that's the last confirmed letter there have been a ton of letters that are suspicious but have never been confirmed yeah. to be from him so we're gonna go into some of those listen I'm sorry okay you look super chill this whole time what are we at an hour mm-hmm. oh <laughs> shit there's still so much do you want to stop here and do a part two there's still so much yeah we have to talk about all the letters and then we still have to talk about all the theories as to who we might be okay yeah part two Shoot, part two because y'all I'm fucking struggling I'm thinking anyway. part two would right, be a great I'm feeling st- that vibe perfect so then Maddie can skip another week. <laughs> to do it. she's like oh no All right, well, we'll catch you back for part two then. All right, well. Bye. Bye.